You can hit infinity right in the center. We are all brought to this earth for a purpose. Oftentimes, we find ourselves lost when searching for the meaning. The Seven Mile Man will show you the way to become a better man, a better father, a better husband, a better business leader, a better employee, a better man in your community. Welcome to the Seven Mile Thank you for joining us today for another episode of the 7 Mile Man Podcast. I am Alex Benson, the host and founder of this show. My guest today is Mr. Jim Steg. He is the owner of Steg Custom Homes and Steg Custom Pools and Landscaping. I asked Jim to come on today, not necessarily because of his business, but really more because of who he is as a person and the integrity that he holds in his business and the way he shows up in the world. The conversation with Jim is going to be absolutely incredible. I'm glad you all hopped on to listen. I hope you've enjoyed some of the episodes that we've had. Uh, Please, if you have not yet already, leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. And shoot a message over to us at 7 Mile Man on the 7 Mile Man page. Uh, If you're interested in a private men's group, we have the 7 Mile Awakening. On 7 Mile Man on Facebook and the 7 Mile Awakening is where you can hear everything that's going to be going on with this podcast as we grow this and do more with the 7 Mile Man mission. Guys, thank you for joining us today for this episode of the 7 Mile Man podcast. My guest today is Mr. Jim Steg. He is the owner of Steg Custom Homes, Steg Custom Pools and Landscaping, an all-around incredible guy. I started following him after my trip out to Arizona for Meltdown in the Desert, and he's connected with a lot of the people I'm connected with out there. And he just does absolutely incredible work. But really for me, the most important thing about Jim is how he shows up in the world, his integrity and his his business spirit. So Jim, thank you for taking some time to join us today, man. I know you're on the drive, so I appreciate you hopping on with us. Alex, thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate it. It's an honor to be on your podcast. Uh, you asked me the other day. It took us a little while to get something organized. I'm still on the road right now on my way home, but... It's an honor for me to be on here, and I uh, appreciate the kind words. Oh, absolutely, man! I just, you know, well, well earned time, kind words. So, um, Jim, tell us a little bit about how you got into business and uh, what you do. Okay, I will kind of back it up a few years. Cool. I, right out of high school, I went to work for a big, uh, a big corporation, and while I was playing a little bit of college football. It was in-state here, and um, I worked for the corporate world for 19 years. It got to the point where uh, back in 1997, I decided to build my own home. My dad, our family has been in construction. We're from Illinois. We've been in construction our whole lives. My dad was a builder back there. He got tired of the winters and decided to move to Arizona. So he went from the freezing cold, jumped right into the pot where it's hotter than hell out here in Arizona, <laughs> and uh, he came out here and actually did not start building again. He went to work for a, a big uh, powerhouse. It's called Palo Verde. It's a nuclear powerhouse. He was a welder out there, and and he, uh, as we were going to high school, he worked out there, and then him and my mom got divorced back in, 
when I was a junior in high school and he took off up to Northern California. I stayed here, did a little bit of a little bit of college, and I started working for the corporation. I started to see back in ninety back in ninety five I bought some land ninety seven and decided to build a house. And I thought, you know what? I gotta I like this. I think this is really cool. And I could see how well I could do. So I made my move. I made I made a plan to get out of the business I was working for, getting a paycheck, and I went out on my own. I got my real estate license back in 2002. 97, I was building my first house in 2002. I decided to go out on my own. So I got my real estate license, my builder's license, and I just jumped into it both feet. Um, did very well uh, for the first couple of years in real estate and also building homes basically building homes for ourselves, turning and flipping them. And people started to see how, how we were uh, managing our people and the product we were providing and for the price we were providing it at. And my business took off. Um, yeah. Really? Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, man, that's, I mean, first of all, with your dad jumping from Illinois to, you know, uh, Arizona, if you're looking for a change of temperature, there's, there's your temperature change. Um, but you know, what you said about 97, 2002, I think you hit the market, um, at a time that was just absolutely incredible. And what you were saying about people noticing your, the way you manage your employees and all of that, I think that's really where your integrity of who you are as a person and how you do your business and how you, you do jobs really started to come into, uh, to play that people really noticed. Yeah. And you know, it, it wasn't all, it wasn't all, uh, sunshine and rainbows and ponies and all the balloons and everything when we first started I had to grind I, I grinded a lot and you know what I learned from the old job that I had I was in management I I started in 1984 right out of high school I graduated in 83 and uh, right out of high school I started working for this company it was actually UPS I worked for UPS for for 19 years and I was a loader unloader for the first year and worked my way up to the point where I was managing the facility. I got to the point where I unloaded after about 10 years, I started running the facility. I had over wow. 300 employees working for me and, uh, uh, yeah, my phone rang, but anyways, <laughs> I learned a ton. I learned about management. I learned about, uh, accountability. I learned how to, how to talk with people. I learned how to motivate people. I learned how to inspire people and it helped me and UPS groomed. I, I learned a ton from them. So we took off and I will tell you one of the things that I think that I'm very proud of when my, when I was a kid, my dad made me work and work and work. It was no playing. It was all about work. And I didn't really care for it at that time, but I didn't realize what he was doing with me is he instilled a work ethic in me that my motto today is, you know, you might be a little bit smarter, you might be sharper than me, you might be more talented, but there's one thing that I have that I will rest my laurels upon, and that's I will outwork you any day of the week. And even at 52 years old, um, I work my ass off. It's 7.14 right now, and I'm still driving. I'm on my way home. I started at 4 o'clock this morning. I, I, that's one thing that I will be proud of saying that I'm an extremely hard worker, but that almost put me in the grave. Yeah. Cause when I, 
when I left UPS back in 2002, I started my own business. All I did was work and work out. That's all I did. And I thought that making money and giving my wife and kids whatever they wanted monetarily was the way to live my life. I was kind of living the way my dad would live. And that drove me to the point where I was trying to please everybody. It drove me to the point that, um, and I don't know if you know this about me, but I was very near to suicide. I was um, at the point of divorce with my wife. It was a total shit show. It was. It wasn't as good as it is now. Yeah. But I had. To, I had to learn. I had to learn to back off. So I, I went to a little program, and it kind of opened my eyes a little bit. Back in 2015, January 2015, it kind of woke me up. And uh, I was able to identify where my issues were and and uh, realize what I was doing wrong as, a, as an individual. I had to slow down. I had to create space in my mind and uh, basically tell the truth about everything that I was doing and how I operate my life. And I had to change my business model. Um, our business model now is all about taking your clients underneath they're underneath our wing, leading them through the process, telling the truth of the time. I didn't have to back up any stories. And that's basically how we, we came to be talking today. And you know what? I, I decided three years ago that it's time to, it's time to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, step outside your comfort zone on a daily basis and work your ass off, but take time for your family, take time for your wife, take time for your kids, and not just give them money, but show them the love and the affection that I wasn't showing them for years and years and years. And I will tell you uh, now, I, I, I can see when I start to spin out of control, I can identify it and I pull the reins back on, on myself and say, okay, it's time to slow down, relax. You got to take time with the wife. You got to take date nights. You got to do what you got to do and to bring a balance to your life when it comes to in life. It's not about working out, working out and working. It's about family. And there's other things that are more important in life than just um, spinning out of control, trying to make as much money as, as, as possible. There's more to life than money. And, and, and I, I realized having to go through some hard times, that hard work almost put me in the grave. I realized that there's a lot more to life than that green money. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And I, you know, what you said about the work work ethic that your father instilled in you. I mean, my my father was a carpenter. He grew up a carpenter. My mom's dad was a carpenter. Um, you know, he 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 worked through all of that time too. But my my father was the same way. I mean, I think I started out on job sites with him when I was about six or seven, you know, cleaning up after him. And then, you know, after that, as I got a little bit older and I could start swinging a hammer and hold this and do that and cut this. And, you know, we spent a lot of years working and that was that the same work ethic was instilled in me. But I think exactly the other part that you said about that is you were living life the way that your dad would have lived it. And it was working hard and giving your family money. And you found that there was something in that that, that, that was lacking. Now, the program that you went to, are you allowed to say the name of the program? Or I, I, 
I don't know if you're allowed to speak about that at all. Oh, yeah, I, absolutely. They used a lot of my case studies in that school. Wake Up Warrior. Great. Yeah. And I know, I know, I know Grant uh, and Wake Up Warrior and, and uh, yeah, I mean, incredible program that they have. And so you went, you went to them back in uh, 2015. Yeah. 2015, January, 2015, you know, I went, I was going to counseling with my wife for years and it was up and down and up and down. And, and uh, it, it, it wasn't the best of relationships. It was about to, it was, it was falling apart. The wheels were falling off and, um, you know, counseling. And I, I just, you know, Alex, I, I just, um, I, I was a very hard individual to, get along with and it was always my way or the highway and until I until I dropped my wall and kind of surrendered and said you know what all right I wanted I wanted control of everything but didn't want to take ownership for anything well isn't that isn't that difficult I mean when you are the boss and you're used to being in charge and you're used to running things and running the show um it's so hard to find those aspects in your life that all of a sudden you need to let go of of that. And I know that in Wake Up Warrior they talk about a lot of listening to the voice. Um, what have you done to connect with your spirituality and your your connection with with the voice? Well, I think number one, it, it's all about it's all about going with your gut feeling. And I would call my voice my gut feeling, and. I think it's, I think it's all about surrendering and relaxing and not, not being so strong out all the time and, and, and appreciating, you know, I was constantly chasing the horizon constantly. And it was like never enough good. I would never celebrate my successes. I was always hard on myself. I always told myself it wasn't good enough. I'd reach a goal. And I would never celebrate it. And I said, no, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. Yeah. I got to go, 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 go. Yep. And I would beat, beat myself up all the time. Now, now I understand. And there's not just one or two things. And it's not necessarily just the voice that has changed things. It's a combination, a combination of a bunch of things that I do on a daily basis when it comes to stepping outside my comfort zone, taking time with my wife and kids, bringing space, creating space in my mind, uh, not overdoing it with my body, um, and, and setting goals, 90-day challenges for all of my body, my being, my my balance, which is my wife, and my in my business. And it's that's basically what it is. Yeah. Well, and you like to say chop wood, and and uh, you you use that in terms of of everything. When you need to chop wood, it means you need to get to work in whatever aspect it is that you need to get to work on. And and basically, what I mean by chopping wood is, and and uh, I'm writing a book this year, and get it. The title of it's going to be it's going to be uh, chopping wood, and chopping wood is basically the same thing as doing the work yeah nothing and i just got done doing a video as i was at, at uh at discount tire about nobody is going to come to take care of you nobody's going to come to save you and it was about the first time i had to jump out of the plane during my uh, a license getting my a license for skydiving the first time i was my my ninth 
time up in the plane. I had to jump out by myself, and I was the last guy in the plane. And I was so scared. I can't even begin to tell you what that did to me by being able to jump out of a plane at 14,000 feet. And it, 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 it's, it's really hard to explain. It really Oh, is. yeah. I, I can only imagine. It's actually something that I've, I've put on a list of, of things that I need to get done, and now I need to set a time frame to that. I've actually wanted to jump out of a plane for quite some time. Perhaps the next time I'm out in Arizona, I'll have to hop on out there with you. I know that I'm not much of a climber, but I know that if I come out there, I better get my butt up to uh, Camelback and uh, hump my way up Camelback with you. Absolutely. And you know what? Chopping wood, doing the work, it, it, it's all about every single day doing things that you don't want to do. And I, I, I try to simplify it and gamify everything. Sure. Doing things that you don't want to do on a daily basis will make you a better individual. Doing those, making those phone calls, you know, stepping outside your comfort zone, doing things, marketing, or doing whatever makes you uncomfortable, like cold showers. Yeah. Um, I mean, people are like, well, why, why would you take a cold shower? Uh, I take a cold shower because I don't want to. Right. Because yeah. it makes me comfortable with being uncomfortable. Like tomorrow morning, I got to be up at 3 o'clock. I leave here at 3.30, I get to Camelback Mountain at 4.15, and my start time is 4.30. And people are like, well, why do you do that so early? Because I don't want to. Right, yeah. And you know, a lot, of people, a lot of people discuss this idea of stop doing the things that you don't want to. And that's true. There are certain things in your life that you don't want to do it, and you don't have to do it, because it's not doing anything to better yourself. Stop saying yes to everybody. Stop trying to please people. Stop you know, doing the job that you hate doing and find the things that you love to do. But also in the, the aspect of bettering yourself and improving yourself, sometimes those are things that you don't want to do. You don't want to get up and, and get to the mountain by 4.15 and, and start hiking up that mountain by 4.30. You don't want to take that cold shower in the morning, but you know that that's got incredible health benefits uh, for you. And, you know, you don't, you don't want to jump out there and start marketing. I mean, at the age of uh, 50, you said 52, um, you know, marketing is changing. And now the way that you're starting to market yourself and your business on Facebook is something that, uh, you know, I'm sure 20 years ago, 15 years ago, even, you know, it was what, you know, ads in the paper and word of mouth and, and all of that. And, uh, you know, now that you've got this different platform and you've got to step outside of your comfort zone and, and make those things happen. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. You know, it, it's it's as simple as that. It's just doing the stuff that you don't want to do on a daily basis and, and getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. You know, and I think there every time I jumped out of that plane, even this past weekend, every time you jump out of that plane, there's a life lesson to it. You, you could relate that to something in your life, either, either your body or your spiritual being or your, your family or your business. There's something you can relate to that every single time you jump out of that plane that's why i like it so much it, it yep. is it is dangerous um but realistically the the safety precaution that they have in place with these shoots nowadays yeah. it's actually safer, yeah. safer than than driving in your vehicle well and that's i mean i'm sure that the the technology behind that has increased incredibly but you know one of the things that i did want to mention too 
this last weekend when you jumped out of the plane, you took someone along with you, and I was just watching uh, something on that, and you talked about life lessons, and maybe you could tell me a little bit about the, the gentleman you met and uh, talking him into throwing himself out of a plane to, to make, a, make a life lesson for him. Well, that was, that was Josh. He reached out me. He reached out for me a year ago. He said, Hey, uh, I'd like to sit down and talk with you. Um, I've been following you on Facebook for quite some time and I'm kind of inspired about how you got your business rolling. I'm looking to pick your brain a little bit. I'm wondering if you'd sit down and talk to me and anybody that calls me, I'm absolutely anytime you want to sit down and talk with me. If I have time, um, I will make time to, to sit down and talk with a, a, an individual, a guy, girl, whatever, it doesn't matter. So he, he uh, called me last week and said, hey, I'm looking for a pool electrician. I said, I got the best electrician in the valley for you. I texted him over and he goes, you know, I've been, I've been bored lately. And, you know, all I've been doing is working, working, working. And I need some excitement. And I kind of got quiet for a second. I started <laughs> laughing. I said, I said, hey, bud. I got some excitement for you. Why don't you come skydiving with me on Saturday? In the phone, it got real silent for about 10 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> and he said, all right, I'll go. I said, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to this website. I want you to sign up. Go see how many spots are left at certain times. There was a couple spots left at 11, 12, and 1. There was two spots left at 9 o'clock. And I said, go ahead and schedule it for nine o'clock. Go in, you know, put your credit card down. He called me back and said, it's scheduled. I go right on, buddy. So on the way down there, we kind of talked about business. It's an hour down south from my house. It's the, it's the biggest and best drop zone in the United States. It's down in Eloy. And um, it's not very scenic. It's just, it's desert out there, but it's, it's huge. It's where a lot of records are set. And there's a ton of people that jump down there. They got like 10 different planes and, so we, we talked a little bit about business, and he was surprisingly very calm. His adrenaline was flying, but he was really calm, and uh, he loved it. So I think now he's gonna start he's gonna start going down with me on Saturdays. I think he's gonna try to get his license. Nice, nice. And how how many jumps is it for getting the license? I've I've got a friend that went through that. Well, you gotta number one, you gotta do a tandem with a, a coach, right. and then you gotta go into then you got to go into ground school, and that's one day. You have to learn a little bit about uh, the, the parachutes and then, and what to do in certain situations. And then after that, there's 25 jumps that's with it. and without coaches. Yeah. And they, they, they have a series of things that you have to do, and you progress. And they progress you very, very, very fast. I was doing flips in the air at jump seven. <laughs> that's awesome. That's absolutely yeah, it's incredible. Really cool. Well, and I and I think you know I think there's something important behind a couple of different things that you do there. One, you not only have found something that gives you, um, it kind of shakes up the normal for you, but the other side of that is that you are creating a group of people. You're creating a, a tribe of people, basically, that you're connecting with. And I know you do that a little bit, obviously, with Wake Up Warrior. Um, I know that you and Tommy Baker that does the Resist Average podcast. Guys, if you have not listened to the Resist Average podcast, I highly suggest you do that. But you create these relationships with people that are based upon your integrity with them and your ability to, to meet up with them that, that better your, yourself, but also each of these people have this, op, this ability to then 
learn something from you and connect with you on a, on a deeper level that improves their life as well. Absolutely. I've been a, I've been a coach all my life and I've coached kids. I coached my daughters in soccer. I told, I've told, I never played soccer before. Um, I've coached kids in soccer, taking kids to the, to the uh, state championship game. I've coached kids in volleyball. I had my own volleyball club. I coach kids in football. I, I've, I've coached forever and I'm always big on giving back and I always try to help and give back as much as I possibly can. When people are looking, I have a lot of people that reach out during the week and say, Hey man, you know, I've been listening to you. I've been watching you. You're inspirational. The shit you do is crazy. You're out of your mind. How do you do that? How do you get comfortable with being uncomfortable? And you know what, wherever I can give back and wherever I can help somebody to be a better individual, I'm always up for that because that makes me feel good. That makes me, that does it for me. When I get, when I, when I first, the first year that we started on our volleyball club, I started my own volleyball club. I had seven teams the first year. The first year, my girls that I had, the four teams, I thought, okay, they'll be okay. The first year we started up with that club, I thought I, I kind of stuck my neck out and told the parents, ah, yeah, I think we'll make it to the top 15. Yeah. What we did, I took them all the way to the state championship game. <laughs> and it was, it, was the, it was an honor for me to be able, and it does it for me, for me to be able to get young girls or young boys to do things that they never thought that they could do and just see the look in their eyes after I just continually would believe in them and, and make them believe in themselves. It's absolutely amazing to me to see another human being, the look on their face when they actually do something, when they actually are able to do something they never thought that they could do. And they do it proficiently on a daily basis. Uh, I kept on pushing, pushing those girls, pushing those girls, pushing those girls. And it, it, it was it was epic. I mean, I got videos and, and, and so much stuff for these girls. I got girls right now playing in D1 colleges that I started uh, coaching them back when they were 14 years old. Oh, that's awesome. And, I, you know, the story that you told to Tommy about uh, the girl who didn't score a goal during the season but had this dream of wanting to score, uh, a, you know, score a goal in that championship game you were talking about there. And... Uh, you know, how you talked to her into, you know, visualizing the moment and having it happen was incredible. I'm telling you, it's, I'm, I'm a very, very, very psychological person. And I feel that everything is in your head. Everything is, no matter what you do. If it's relationships, it's in your head. If it's business, it's in your head. If it's your body, if you can't get your ass out of bed, it's because the bed's in your head, man. You just, you're, you're into your head. Everything to me in life is psychological. If you can beat that game, um, you, you've got it licked. Yeah. Well, you're, you can, yeah. you can really do anything. You can do anything in life that you want to do. If you can just set your mind to it and tell your mind, this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to do it. Well, you're speaking to me with that, man. I, you know, I, uh, I've got, I've got things that I've found to be limiting beliefs on myself and, uh, you know, one of the things I've, I've become is uh, very attached to my bed in the morning. Um, never been much of a morning person. 
and and working on turning that around. And I think uh, I'm going to let your voice be the one that wakes me up in the morning. I think I'll have you. Uh, I'll, I'll just visualize you yelling at me to get my ass out of bed and, and get moving here in the morning. And it, that uh, that might help out a little bit. You know, it's funny you say <laughs> that because I've had several people tell me they'll they'll text me and they'll say, "Hey, Jim." My alarm clock went off this morning at six o'clock and I was struggling to get out of bed. And they were like, wait a minute, Jim's already done with Camelback Mountain right now. I got to get my ass out of bed. I was laughing my ass off. I go, that's awesome. My, my face and my voice come to mind when your, when your alarm clock goes off. That is awesome. That makes me feel good. Oh, maybe along with your book, you should do some, uh, recordings that people can download for their, uh, for their phone to get them motivated, you know, uh, alarms and whatnot. Hey, that's a great idea. <laughs> Be a downloadable purchase that goes along with the book. Um, you know, you I, I, I can't wait to, to see what you, uh, what you put together with this book. Do you have a time frame on when you're uh, looking on releasing that? Uh, yeah, I've got it up on my board. It's the third quarter. I'm trying to get it out the third quarter. I'm trying to write 450 words a week. Yeah. I'm a little behind right now, but I uh, I'll make it by the third quarter. That's cool. I already did my out I already did my outline. I already did the outline on the book, so I will uh, I'm uh, I should have it out the third quarter. That's cool. I I just um I follow Ryan Mickler. I don't know if you're connected to Ryan Mickler at all. And oh, he, yeah. Yeah, well, Absolutely. Ryan, Ryan got that book out, and he, you know, he was busting out a thousand to two thousand words a day. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, he he stuck it to himself and decided, you know, everyone's talking about, you know, this is the time frame, normal time frame for launching a book, and basically he gave himself a ninety day time frame, and uh, started pounding out the pounding out the words. As, you know, I said, well, how'd you end up getting up to two thousand words a day? He said, well, because I slacked off and wasn't hitting my thousand every day, so I kind of put it on myself that I needed to make up for for a uh, lost word count. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I know, Ryan. He's a good man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. An incredible guy. I've uh, been following him. I actually joined the Iron Council uh, personally uh, a couple weeks ago now. Um, so looking forward to that. But, yeah, I, you know, Jim, I, you know, one of the biggest things to me, and, and I really just want to drive this point home to people, um, when you talk about having integrity in your business, you know, what does that, how does that really show its face um, to people? When I mean, as far as delivering promises. And the, the other thing that I really love that you said was um, setting an expectation with someone when they have these unrealistic expectations. You, you, you kind of wove integrity into telling people no as well. Yeah, you know, it's all about being deliberate. It's all about telling the truth and telling people in, in, in not, it's really not just one thing. It's a, it's a combination of a, a handful of things. And I think it would be number one, telling the truth 100% of the time. Number two, being able to say no. I will, I will tell you, I just sent an email right before our podcast and it was an individual that was, I got a referral from a, a buddy of mine on Facebook that lives here in, Arizona. Um, and he sent me this guy over that wants to build a home. Well, he came to me, sent, sent me all of his plans and said, Hey, he was honest with me and said, Hey Jim, this is what my budget is. It's $175 a square foot. This is what I want to do. I want to do. And he had it all lined out. So he did a lot of research and I was, uh, you know, as, as painful as it was for me to get back to him and tell him, no, 
I had to be truthful with him because I, 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 I wanted to make sure and prepare him at the start instead of surprise him in the end. Yeah. Because you know, a lot of guys do that in construction. They'll make false promises because they want to get the job and they're like, well, maybe he'll spend a little bit more money. I have to be deliberate with my clients. I, I texted him. I said, Hey, you know, you know, um, Jeff, his name was Jeff. I said, Jeff, you know what? I totally 100% appreciate you sending me over your plans. I appreciate you reaching out for me. I said, it looks like you've done your, your homework on all this stuff. You've got a lot of nice things that are going in this 2,200 square foot home, but I will be 100% transparent and I will be 100% honest with you. Your job is not for me because there is not enough money, $358,000 for your custom home. There is not enough money in your budget. Your budget is not big enough for me to give you the, to give you the, the care and the guidance that you're going to need for this home. Your budget's just not big enough. I said, yeah. if you were at 250 to 275, we could probably start right there. But $175 a square foot, I will tell you with my subs and my quality of work, there is absolutely no way that I could build your home. Yeah. I'm sorry about that, but I can't do it. Yeah, and there might be a guy out there that will, and there might be a guy out there yeah. that will tell him that he will, and then it will end up, oh, well, this was extra and that was extra, and, and uh, you know, projects get dragged out that way a lot um you know in the business that uh, my father-in-law and i are in plumbing heating and cooling you know we just we tell people out front what prices are it, you know we know where we're priced in the market we know the quality of our work we know where we sit and and that it is what it is and if you don't like it then you know i'm sorry we won't be able to work with you but this is what this is what your budget needs to be for this job yeah you know and you're you're absolutely correct and my objective, my objective for, my objective for my company is at the end of the project, I bring my film crew in and I will do a case study. And I want to hear, and I tell them right at the start, I've already prefaced all this with all my clients. I want to make sure that at the end of the project, you do a case study and you tell everybody on that, uh, on the, uh, on the video, how your experience was with Stead Custom Homes. Yep. And it has to be a favor. It has to be a favorable one. And if I, if I bullshit them at the start, just to try to get them in the door, which there's a lot of contractors to do that. I will, I have to make sure that I be totally 100% honest and uh, tell them the truth and say, listen, this is what it's going to cost you. Yeah. If not, if not, you know, that's fine and it's not a good fit. Well, and I, I love what you do there with that um, with that case study because you're looking for their honest feedback. And so the entire time these people know that you are yeah. going to be giving them 100% your, your honest opinion, your honest truth about how everything's going because your goal is to serve them and give them what they were looking for and the experience that they were looking for as well. You're not just selling your business, you're selling the experience as well. Absolutely. Do you know, and I, <clears throat> I got a lead right now that I'm, I'm training and I, I'm trying to get into his head that this has nothing to do about construction. 
has nothing to do with construction. This has everything to do about people. Yeah, absolutely. It, 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 yeah, when the, the business that you're in, it's it's not a it's not necessarily construction. It's it's a it's a people business. But well, listen, Jim, we're running a little short on time, man. I, I want to respect your time. I know that you are out and and looking. I'm I'm guessing you're probably close to home by now. Um, I have just a couple of quick questions I, I like to try to ask everybody. Um, the first question, um, catch you off guard, but I can't wait to hear your answer for this one, is what does service mean to you? Service to me is uh, doing what you say you're going to do. I mean, that's the, that's, that, 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 it's simple. It's as simple as that. Doing what you, doing what you said you were going to do, taking care of your people. Um, and, and being deliberate about everything that you, that you do with your clients. You yeah. know, it's, it's, it's taking care of people. We're all in the people business. If we don't have people, we don't have any business. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I, I, I love that. And, and your, your point that you've been driving home about deliberate, that being deliberate with everybody is, is just very, very important. I mean, intentional, the way you speak to people, the way you interact with people is in, intentional. And there's a way to build your relationships with people through intention. Um, the other question for, for you, Jim, is just what is the best way for people to get uh, a hold of you? Guys, if you are out in the Arizona area or looking to build in the Arizona area, I highly suggest you guys contact Jim anyways. Whether you're doing pools or landscaping or custom homes, you guys should check out his work. But on top of that, I want people to know where to follow you so they can, uh, they can get this book as soon as it comes out. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you can go to my website, stegcustomhomes.com. Uh, just starting to update that. I got about a thousand pictures I got to dump in there and just kind of update. There's a, a lot of huge projects that we've done over the last couple years that we got to update a lot of videos. Um, you know, you can follow me on, on Facebook, Jim Steg. I'm on it every day except for Sunday. I take Sunday off. And, uh, you know, if you want to you want to reach out, send me an email at Jim at Steg Custom Homes or give me a call, you know. Cool. Reach out, send me an email, I'll give you my number, and, and uh, you know, I'd love to uh, take you up Camelback Mountain. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to take you up Camelback Mountain. You'd also love to throw people out of a plane as well. <laughs> absolutely. <Yeah. laughs> well, Jim, thank you very much, man. I'm just absolutely honored that you were able to join us today, and, and thank you for taking the time. Um, and guys, like I said, check Jim out. Um, he's a totally inspirational guy. If you're looking for someone to, to, to kick your butt and move you forward, if you're looking uh, for someone to, to give you some inspiration and some motivation about how to live life, Jim's the guy to check out. So thank you again, Jim. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, Alex. I appreciate your time. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was Mr. Jim Stegg. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. Uh, you know, one of my big takeaways from that is the use of the word deliberate that Jim has. And he's deliberate about how he does all things in life, how he does business, how he deals with his customers, but also how he is with his family and his wife. And, you know, that's just another way of kind of what we've talked about before with being intentional in our actions. So if we're deliberate about how we are with things, we can have a bigger impact and really get across what it is that we want to get across to our loved ones and to the people that we work with. So until next time, this has been another episode of the Seven Mile Man podcast. I'd like to encourage everybody to check out the Fox and Wolf talk show. That is my lovely wife, Leela, and her friend, Guna. 
they air on Saturdays, usually around 10 a.m. on Fox and Wolf. On It's Fox and Wolf Talk Show on Facebook. Check them out. They are absolutely incredible, especially for those of you who are in business looking to talk about marketing and talk about brand building, uh, branding yourself. Check these girls out. They are just absolutely crushing it out there. So give that a listen. Again, that is the Fox and Wolf Talk Show on Facebook. So until next time, remember, serve, preserve, prevail, and the righteous man takes the path of resistance. God bless. 